Let you there. And that's when I said, oh, Grandma, that's how you died. <laughs> okay. It's funny every time. Hey, welcome to the Chicken Coop Podcast. I'm uh, my, my name is Adrian, and I'm joined by... Mick. Angela. Bernard. And me, Alex. And uh, I'm joined by these very special people on a very special day uh, to, to discuss a very special topic. Ow. Uh, near and dear to all of our hearts, and uh, that is... Yeah, so yesterday I show up at Adrian's house, and I'm like, hey, since I'm in town, let's just do a podcast where we talk about the sequel trilogy one more time, give that dead horse one last kick. You know, it's been like three years since the last movie came out, yeah. but we're we're still going on about it because we have nothing else in our lives. Yeah, and the uh, the craziest thing is I told him, like, hey, this Friday, let's do it. And uh, this Friday, they announced in this morning um, a whole slate of new Star Wars products and content. No, just today. no, just today. Today. But there was there was news earlier in the week as well, wasn't there? Well, there was news that there was going to be news. Mm. Yeah. So now, today, some of the news came out. <laughs> now tomorrow, some more of the news is going to come out. Uh, really, I have an inside like scoop. scoop. He's got. Yeah. He's my, got it. My uncle works in Nintendo. Yeah, yeah. Kind of, but it's more like <laughs> my friend works with. Someone who works on it. My friend John Star Wars. Yeah, my friend John yeah. Star Wars works for uh, Jim Star Wars. And, and do Jim you, Star Wars? Jim uh, Star Wars just Star Wars. Do you want headphones? All over the whole thing. Because you're the only person not wearing headphones. I I you must can be probably. In... You could wear this. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm so happy I made that. <laughs> uh, it's yeah, got a hilarious oh amount God, of padding, huh? so freaking. <laughs> For the audio listeners, Andrew's putting on a X-wing pretty helmet. decent replica, right? Of uh, oh, I mean, X-wing. I, yeah, it's a decent replica. It, it's not well put together. I didn't really know what I was doing when I made it. <laughs> How old is that thing? Uh, when it did smells, Star Wars Episode Seven? It smells 7 pretty come out? fucking old. It smells twenty thirteen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's that old. I built it for release night. I don't know. 14 or 15? 15. It came out 15. 2015. I don't know. Anyway. Anyway, so. uh, Today is April 8th, 2023, and we're still talking about Disney Star Wars. Well, because they they simply refuse to just quit making them. (laughs) Yeah. um, the, The sequels were very heavily focus grouped and, like, money driven. Um, no, no, that's not true. The that ninth movie was only focus grouped. Mm. Episode eight was just done by, you know, a dude with a dream. Episode dream eight was, was the writer director. Yeah, right? they he, got he, Ryan Johnson. He decided this is going to be this way, and it, it's weird because he's done some good movies. He did some of the better Breaking Bad episodes. When it comes to Ryan Johnson, you need a tight leash on him, and you cannot let him do a sequel to anything. Th- those are the two. Rules. I guess not. Yeah. Because between episode eight and uh, Glass Onion, and Glass Onion, which was a sequel to his own movie. Knives Out, his own movie that was really good, uh, that was the worst movie of the year. And I, I just think that oh, that can't he, be true. There must have been worse movies. It was the worst one for me. Like oh, okay, that you saw. What did you? What, what, what uh, Knives Out. Glass we're on, Onion. We're on Glass Onion, Onion now, Onion which I thought was, was so entertaining busy. at least. Yeah. I liked Edward Norton. That's a hard sell. Edward Norton reminds me of Todd Howard in that movie. He did a lot. Which is interesting because Ryan Johnson also reminds me of Todd Howard. What <laughs> What's interesting is he, somehow you know he old Todd Howard, right? <laughs> somehow Edward Norton reminded you of Todd Howard, even though Edward Norton's character 
was a lying person who oversold his own ability to deliver a product. Uh, Whereas Todd which always nothing, tells the truth. Yeah, which has and nothing to do with Todd Howard. It just works. <laughs> it just works. Every time, baby. You see that? You can go there. Your Starfield's supposed to come out, I think, this year? Yeah, September. Every time, Wait, really? It's coming out for real. No more delays. I thought it was this month, dude. Every time no, that's, anybody that's Zelda that comes out next yeah. month. Anytime you say out loud May, a right? release date for Starfield, they actually hear that and push another day. Nope, yep. it's for real. <laughs> they never Star- told a lie. Right? Yeah, like Skyrim. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's the yeah. same guys. Uh, no, Starfield is basically Skyrim in space with guns. Skyrim and Space with Guns. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the review. Yeah, that's the review. I, I don't just even want the review for you, IGN. You're welcome. We are not sponsored by IGN. We're not sponsored by not IGN. sponsored by IGN. IGN, um, hire me. Hire us. Yeah. Um, yeah. So episode seven, I think, was fairly competent as a film by itself. I don't think it was great, but I think that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think after <laughs> the tepid reaction to the prequels, and then the terrible reaction to the Clone Wars movie that came out. All things being fair, that movie sucks. Oh, yeah, no, totally agree. But and Joe Biden almost nuked Russia over it. Yeah, I remember what? that. That's yeah. true. But after after that, it wasn't uh, it wasn't like the audience was really clamoring, like the wide general audience was really clamoring for Star Wars. Yeah. And it's not like the, the Star Wars fans were really excited for a new product. So I think Seven filled the niche that lie. it... The second that trailer came out, everybody's yeah. pants hit the floor. Yeah. So goddamn because fast. it was a, it was it a was long... shot heard around the world, except it was a split. But I think that's I think that's a testament to what episode seven, what the content was. Clip that. The content of episode seven was literally greatest hits of Star Wars. Let's go. Let's bring back everything you like with a new spin that freshens it up a little bit and leaves the door open for interesting uh, stories to, uh, to continue. I, right. I think that I think the most favorable view of episode seven was that it was a palate cleanser to yes. reintroduce you to all the things you yeah. like so that the next movie can we'll take that so and, cool. and run in a it's new so direction. It, it, the it, biggest it. failure of episode seven is that it resets everything off of six Yes, retroactively. So you never see any of Luke's character development, right? He goes back to being a nobody hermit after becoming the great hero. Yeah. Harrison Ford, he's back to being a smuggler smuggler with Chewbacca and getting into, oh, hijinks and everything. Nice. Thank you. (laughs) That was so... I don't know how you Uh, Carrie Fisher, she's now back to being the person who stands in the control room. Because she was like... She went from, in episode four, kind of being snarky and and standing in the control room while the heroes blew up the Death Star. To being an actual hero. Right. In episode six, she's a a soldier. She's a ground trooper and Mm. befriends the Ewoks and, you know, shoots her gun and all that stuff. For its faults, episode seven did have a lot of setup for potentially cooler things. It left... It left a, a big gap in in resetting everything and making things kind of boring. It also left an opening where uh, everybody's kind of asking, "Well, what the fuck is this first order thing anyway? Right? What's up with this big guy Snoke? What the hell is he? Um, who is Ray?" Was a question posed in the film by several characters. And what awakens, right? What it's yeah. called the Force Awakens. What what, what exactly awakens? is what, what what does that mean? Everybody so, realized that English girls might actually be attractive. Yeah, yeah. Well, in it, in it. Doubt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, also you have like you have pretty interesting characters. I mean, Kylo. They, there was enough. Um, enough mystique around Kylo Ren and whatever happened with Luke uh, to create a potentially interesting storyline in the next film. 
Um, but they kind of just never followed up on any of the cool parts and instead just remade episode five. Um, because it, what's it called? Uh, Last Jedi is just episode five and episode six smashed together into one movie. When they fire Starkiller Base and <clears throat> blow up, what's the fucking planet? Who gives a New shit? Republic, planet. New Republic, Republic Planet. Republic Planet <laughs> and all of its movies. Glove Shadow Planet. <laughs> yes, yeah, full of Glove Shadows. Yeah. Oh no, they destroyed the Glove Shadow system. Um, when they do that, uh, the, the, the way that the scene is cut, it's a J cut where the audio comes in as Finn is loading the ship because he's trying to run away. And he turns his head because he hears that audio and then sees the planets exploding in the skybox. He is obviously force sensitive from that scene alone. And that's a really, first off, it's a very clever way to reveal that in the film text itself. Nobody's coming up to him and saying, you have like X amount of midichlorians in your system or like, oh my God, I sent something about you. It's the the kid hears something and then looks up to see what he heard, and it's actually, you know, millions of miles away. That's I think it's like trillions, whatever the number. It's really cool, and, uh, you know, that kid was a stormtrooper. And the this version of stormtrooper were kids who were kidnapped and forced to be stormtroopers. So if he, as a kid, was selected and then kidnapped and then forced into a stormtrooper program... And he turns out to be force sensitive. May all of the that whole first order stormtrooper program be about kidnapping force sensitive kids and using them in a, in a certain way to maybe accumulate force related power. That's a way cooler way to take a story than like, you know, sidelining him for two movies, putting him into a coma at the end, and then uh, bring him back into life to go to space, Monaco. The other thing I want to call out about episode seven is it felt like it was respecting the original trilogy more. Yeah. I liked there, Ray. There was an air of def- like deference. Yeah. I, specifically, I liked Ray living in a fallen at at. That was great. Oh, I hate you. Why? Well, because it was like, was so no, cool. no, no. I thought it was like. That, that's not what I'm saying. Because he called, didn't call it A T A T. Yes. Spell it out. <laughs> You're lazy. Anyways, it. <laughs> To, it it made me think that that JJ Abrams was like calling out how like this new movie is like living in the shell in the post world in a, yeah. in like an English teacher metaphor kind of way you of know, the original trilogy. I mean, the, the, uh, actually, it was a reference to how in Episode Five that was the first appearance of the ATATs on Hoth, and Luke was living inside a Tauntaun at the time. That's yeah, wrong was. and stupid. So I'm not even <laughs> going to address that. No, I do think the, the, the first 10, 10, 15 minutes of that movie where you see the Crash spaceships. Okay, so actually, I have, a, like I have a very specific complaint sand. about the beginning. Well, the one thing I hate, and it comes down to the way that Ray is characterized throughout the trilogy, is that she never loses. She doesn't lose at anything. She never loses anything but in general. Go back to the beginning. But so in the beginning, oh yeah, she can like totally just go through uh, some new order, you know, base and just know exactly what flips to switch and avoid all the patrols, and she can do all the stuff, and the Easiest, easiest thing was just to not no make her a good to switch. Like, I hated that she could just fly Did everything. Else hear that? Yeah, she's way I heard it. I chose to move. But I, I wish she. I wish she had at least been like afraid of flying, because she's lived her entire life on the ground. Why? Why the hell would she all of a sudden be? Yeah, like, I mean, it was everything stupid. else. No, everything else. Like I can swing with, but the, her being a pilot was unnecessary. 
Well, because she's a, the whole thing is she's a Luke. Every it's just a Luke analog. It's like rewriting yeah, okay, the first but movie. Like, uh, but Luke's entire shtick was that yeah, he'd been he, practicing uh, racing. He basically know. went like, um, "I'm the best pilot in the yeah, seven, in the whatever, whatever the, 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 yeah. the valley and whatever." Like he he, there's enough exposition within it that he's supposed to be a good pilot yeah where she's like this where like, she's just like total nobody who, that like, grew up on her own and yeah if she fights survive people somehow, sticks yeah. real good i believe that right because she's a scrapper but i don't believe that suddenly she's you know doing ace combat on max difficulty well you forgot to read the uh the lore that was in the visual dictionary for episode seven where yeah, hit me with it where ray was actually like that quad jumper in yeah. anchor in anchor plutz uh junkyard how do she you was that? taught to fly Man. on Encore Plutz quad jumper, yeah. which is the thing that they are running towards before it explodes, and they have to go to the that Millennium old Falcon piece of junk. The old piece of junk, the Millennium, the Millennium Falcon. Falcon. Yeah, that yeah. that problem is something that could have been retroactively ad- addressed in future movies, mm-hmm. and they just and, like, made sense retroactively. I just and don't like that didn't. she's a pilot. On uh, top of if if you were wondering, Encore Plutt just... is the character played by Simon, Simon Pegg, Pegg yes. who, who goes, that's my ship. It really, it's fucking... He's the guy handing out the portions. Tour de force performance. Funniest shit I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> God bless Encore Plutt. I cannot wait to see him again in The Mandalorian Season 3. Yeah, it really just comes oh, no, down to the fact, that, the fact that those things might even need to be plugged up in a in the next movie and just it's just was well, badly made badly there's, re- there's badly differences planned. between things that need to be plugged up and explained and things that are like oh yeah that leaves a door open for an interesting plot yeah. so like finn it o- opens like interesting plot lines for him to develop into a different character to develop the world a little bit bigger uh even the stuff with ray and her background being yeah, yeah. weird there's there's a lot of lines in the movie that point to every single major character knowing knowing exactly who she is mm-hmm. and the audience is the only one who's not cued into it. Um there's the scene where I mean from the start the first scene where Kylo Ren's on the planet and he's choking out uh the old dude. Uh who's the guy who plays him? Yeah, old old dude. Old British actor. Yeah. Um but Lor Santeca is the character's name. Something and, far worse <clears throat> has happened to you. Yeah. So <laughs> So, so when he's talking to him, it's like, okay, so this guy who was really close to Luke just happens to be on this same fucking podunk planet. At, that's that's supposed to be Rey's Obi Wan that's gonna take care of her later. But in an interesting twist of fate, like, oh yeah, Obi Wan got merged. Vader got to Obi Wan first, and that's a kind of a cool way to start that story. Like, hey, we're redoing it, but it's like kind of different this time. Mm. Um, just from like a from a story writing perspective. Um, then when BB-8 runs away with the plans and, you know, the stormtroopers report to Kylo Ren and say, like, oh, we found the droid and he's, it's with some girl. And Kylo Ren goes, what girl? And then immediately, like, cuts to the next scene, implying that the girl may be an important person. And that's the reason he came to that planet to begin with. Right? Um... When she first meets Han Solo and she says something like, I never thought there was this much green in the universe. He has this look of not just like, oh, that's kind of sad, like actual guilt on his face. Like it's a it's like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but it, it, it it's it's played as though like he had some hand in her in her fate. And then the last thing I don't is, know about that. The last no, thing is it, the last thing is when again. she goes. You, you, dude, you don't even remember what movie scenes were. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. 
Picture when, the scene. I, in your I head. remember enough. No, you don't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when, when you, uh, but uh, the the real linchpin is when they go to the little cantina thing oh, with uh, again. with Lucas and Yongo's little orange alien character, which and, is such a disservice to that. Anyway, movie. when when they go to that and you know they have that falling out of the table and Finn's like, I'm fucking leaving and I'm out of here. And then Ray runs down to has grab like the panic, light. Well, she has a panic attack yeah. and goes down to grab the lightsaber that she doesn't know is there. Um, <laughs> the last two people at the table are Han Solo and Maz Kanata. Is that it? Yeah. Okay. And she was that close. She <laughs> leans over the table and like flicks her little like specular down and looks him in the eyes and says, "Who's the girl?" And then it cuts to a look on Han Solo's face, like. Fuck, I gotta tell you now, don't I? And then it cuts away from that scene, and it's Ray grabbing the lightsaber. So there's a history there between all of the major characters, where all of them know who Ray mm-hmm. is, and right into episode eight, we get Ray. You know, Ryan Johnson's uh, Magical Adventure Time. But yeah. but even if you look at it as like a whole thing between all three of the movies, and give it the most charitable look. Han Solo wouldn't know who the, that Palpatine had a clone and that clone had a daughter and that, <laughs> yeah. that daughter was placed in Anchor Plutt's hands. If and, you want- and Maz Kanata wouldn't know any of those characters. Yeah. Like, so the episode seven had some really cool things to build on and episode eight chose to just, uh, you know... The, the best part about episode seven was the the start was really good the first like five five to ten minutes of like world building and the uh millennium falcon chase chase scene yeah. was fucking fantastic uh, the the best thing about episode seven about it. is it gave me a line that i quote at least weekly if not daily what but no damage oh. that's my favorite <laughs> line in all of star wars <laughs> <laughs> the missiles are hit but no damage that's um oh fuck what's that guy's name he has a stupid name too um like the actor or the character no the character the fucking alien guy he's he's got a beastie boys name his his name is a, a beastie boys pun um i have no uh elo atzi his name is elo atzi like hello nasty that's true it's it's in rmf <laughs> on his fucking head helmet you are so stupid what <laughs> it's not a joke. Anyway, continue, Bernard. I'll sure I'll send to the next section while I pull this. Up. Oh, I'm, I'm continuing. Uh, uh, <laughs> what, what I think. Okay, so other other cool thing in episode seven, um, Kylo freezing the yeah. laser bolt. That was and great. It, like, sick. Reflects Absolutely on the stormtrooper's head and the way that it, like, just yeah. the it's like the visuals of that was right. Well, fantastic. it's another parallel of like, a Kylo's clearly ah! showing off because yeah. he doesn't actually need to do that. And it's also the filmmakers showing off yeah. what new technology can do. Oh, there was um, there was a really good um, Poe had a really good line when he takes the resistance fighters and they show up on top of the cantina. He's like, "These imperial thugs are cowards. Hit them straight on. Don't yeah. show any fear." He he feels like a leader and an a established really cool character, character, and, and he's then cool. they do nothing. There's with a that. lot of cool character. Yeah, well, well, rather his, they cut him off with the his, knees and slice off his balls in the next movie. His his arc in episode eight is learning to not be a leader and to blindly follow orders. Yeah, and that was kind of confusing. even though he shouldn't have followed orders according to the information that he had, and also that the orders were really dumb. Yeah, and and stop asking questions. Shut up and stop asking questions and do as I say. What's your favorite scene from episode eight? Titty milk. Um, don't don't feed him any. He he no, needs no, to no, think. My, my, he needs to think the about. The question it. wasn't to you, man. It wasn't to you. It was to I know. him. No, come on. What's your favorite scene? I'm trying to think. In fact, you know what? I'll do you one better. 
What, what is one scene? Name a scene from the movie we're discussing. Uh, I think my favorite scene has to be. <laughs> Come on. Can't the be really the titty bizarre. Scene. Can't be the titty scene. Animal stampede through the fucking casino. <laughs> Spilling chips everywhere. Really That's fair. That's Not fair. to save the empire from evil, but to free these irrelevant animals on yeah. this planet. Well, okay. We're so not saving is, the slaves on this planet, yeah, by the way. The that would be too much work. Yeah. But we're freeing these okay. animals. Oh, yeah. and, and, no, no. My biggest, what, my biggest fucking gripe. That's what being a Star Wars is my, all about. And my biggest fucking gripe about this Just movie is that you... Like, at the end, it's like, oh, yeah, anyone could be a Jedi or whatever the fucking line is and then it cuts to the kid and he uses the force to like bring the broom to him right the slave kid from the casino with the weird horse face animals right or human face horses so you're coming in saying I don't like, remember these human face things <laughs> you're gonna pull it up <laughs> the long and short that I'm getting at is oh like what's a sport introduced in Star Wars that is too difficult for normal humans to do I'll give you a hint. It's not racing human-faced horses. It's pod racing. You ha- like we haven't seen pod racing once this entire time. Like literally since episode one. Jesus Christ! I don't remember any of these fucking screenshots. I just blocked that movie out of my head. You were just talking about how it's your favorite scene, <laughs> and you're like, "Oh, I don't remember this at all." I remember that. I remember the the. The specific sequence. flashes of awfulness. The, 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 yeah, the, the best part about that entire stumpy, sequence yeah. is that they they save these guys. These horses from being treated like horses, and the way they do that is not by like evacuating them off the planet or even getting to them to the other side of the planet. They walk them fifteen minutes out of the city, and they're like, "Yeah, we did our work. Let's go. We're out of here." In true PETA fashion, we got Benicio del Toro. We're good to go. I I need to sneeze, so I'm asking. Adrian will cut it out. Don't worry. Yeah, I'll I'll cut it out. Okay, sneeze. No, when I no, we're all waiting for you. When when it's ready. You just said you were ready. Yeah, well, you, you, were just, see the sneeze. you were just talking about this this big sneeze Mick had, bro. Now you got to sneeze. <laughs> He's going to sneeze right we're, right. There's no payoff. Yeah. No, no, I'll get there. Just turn on there's, that light real quick. There's no payoff. Just like episode eight. Do you have hey, that? You have, you have that. Uh, <laughs> it's like that Good joke, in my bro. Vo- vote vote, uh, there's a word for it. When you look at a uh, bright light and it makes you sneeze. Yeah, Stupid. that's not doing That's not doing it. No, that do it. And that was pointing at a wall. Sunlight would do it. Prosopagnosia. Is that what that is? Yeah. You made that yeah. up. Pro- you made probably. That up. You 100% made that up. <laughs> shut up. You fell for it. Just shut up. <laughs> There's a word very similar to that. There is a word that sounds very similar to that. Photosensitivity. Um, <clears throat> My favorite part of what episode did you say? eight, what unironically, did you? is Rey and Kylo cutting down all the color guard in the throne room. Yeah, it's the really one, pretty scene. A, a, it's really pretty. B, you that that's the point of the movie where you genuinely don't know what's going to happen next. Yeah. And then it does the worst possible thing, which is return to the which status quo. Which is nothing happens. Yeah. I'm yeah. still evil. You're still that, good. That's actually the best thing. Everything's the no, same. No, no. I the wanted movie, a heel face flip the, on both the, of them. The movie could have been really good. Not really good, but it would have at least had me if it ended right after that scene where the ship has exploded and you have... Uh, it, it, they're, they're both like waking up because they, <clears> they got knocked out. And everything's on fire near them. And he gives her that whole speech about, like, you're nobody, but you're someone to me. Join me. And if the movie had just ended with her grabbing his hand and just cut to black, that would have been, like, a really cool ending to a Star Wars movie. Oh, yeah, your good guy is now the bad guy halfway through this uh, this saga. I wanted them to do a complete flip. Where Kylo turns into a good guy? Yeah. 
Uh, where he goes like, oh no, I've realized the error of my ways after killing that dude that trained me. Do we want to just do like an, a narrative run through of this movie? Because it's not really a great, a, a long narrative. And uh, we they, can just they're, go they're running point. from okay, so ships are running from ships. They're tracking them through hyperspace. Well, no, no, no. Let's for start... some reason they're just far enough out of range for the lasers to have range fall off in space. That's fine. Who cares about that? <laughs> Star Wars has never been a science fiction movie. It doesn't no, no, have no, to no. make sense. This is, it's this just... is, this is, no, this is the, absolutely the technology dog shit. services this is the plot, not the other way around. No, no, this is dog shit stupid even for that. Now, if they said something. <laughs> If they said something to the effect of, oh, we're at a range. He's totally right, you know. <laughs> no, no, no. We're at a range where there's like, uh, you know, the lasers can no... No, I have this. If the lasers can oh, no yeah. longer hold their, like, integrity or whatever, that I'd be able to go like, sure, whatever, right? But the thing has a fucking, like, arc and like has a range fall off like a fucking bullet. It's not a physical projectile. I, I vaguely it's do remember. Also, I, I remember that. I remember being really mad. Yeah. Also, yeah. it's in space in zero G. If there was like a, a, a range, like damage dissipation or something. Yeah. So it's like, oh, like, you know, it splashes against the shield, but it doesn't do enough damage to do anything. Like, okay. I this, could, is, this is one of those things where like in a good movie, no one would give a shit. But yeah. in a bad movie, it's so it stands obvious. out as yeah. bad yeah. because it, it doesn't because, make sense. Well, it's just another thing. Well, because you opened the... You open the movie with a crank call and a Yo Mama joke, and then after that, everybody's going to be looking at each scene and saying, like, what can I pick out that I'm going to hate from this? You yeah. you opened it on possibly the most hateable moment in a Star Wars movie. Yeah, that was really, really weird and out of place. Yeah. What was the opening? I, me I remember the, the opening, opening was, being the bomb. Um, the so, the bombing yeah, scene. so it opens with uh, Poe Dameron in an SX wing, right? And yeah. He, with he goes a, like... With uh, a, like Turbo booster jury rig. Oh, totally the back. fine. I, I, I'm not even mad about that. That's I think actually that was, really cool. I thought that was cool. As I'm fuck. trying to give the movie some credit. It has some original ideas. Like yeah, the, it had original giving ideas. Giving him a booster there yeah, like, is like something. Leia like turning herself into a suicide bomber and just no, no, wrong. Superman. She turned herself into <laughs> Superman. That's not even the right character. Yeah, like, what are you doing, <laughs> Alex? I don't think Alex has seen these movies. Princess Leia in the yeah. in the in eight. Right? No, you're thinking of um, blue purple hair. Yeah, blue hair. Admiral Haldo. Haldo. Oh, Princess. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, no Princess yeah. Leia turns into Superman, which is also yeah. Like, yeah no, I'm getting the. It's so the same it's, fucking it's, sequence. No, well, so the 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 most aggravating part of that whole sequence was that she, by the no by the time the movie came out, Carrie Fisher had passed away. Right, like yeah. that. That's it. She was gone. Like some say that they showed they her the had, first cut. If they had. Like, <laughs> If they had let that character die hmm. when the bridge exploded with everybody else, right? Yeah, that would have been like I think maybe a fitting farewell. Like she, that you character can't, you can't kill a character. You can't kill that character off in that franchise. How did that. they kill that character off, Alex? I don't actually remember. She they killed her because she died of a broken heart. No, she she actually didn't even die of a oh, broken no, heart. Oh, no, I'm sorry. She gave up her life to bring her son back. Yeah, no, no, but I'm, it, it I'm saying, saying that she literally died because she was tired. She, she oh. could have... She no, could have had Luke. She Luke could, died because he was right, tired. You're right. She could have had an epic death, but I don't think... It, would, it shouldn't be like a George R. R. Martin killed the, someone unexpectedly because no, it's Star Wars. No, no, no. But what she should have had an epic death. Okay, but she didn't have that anyway. Yeah, no. So what I'm saying is knowing that like, oh shit, we don't have any more material. There's no way that we can give her a send off that's like oh my god, like Last Stand send-off or whatever that we gave like Luke or Han or whatever. Her dying, trying to help her people is a much better death than I'm Tai Tai Nai Nai, good night. Yeah. With, uh, I agree. with that scene, I mean, if you really wanted to show her Force-sensitive, just 
like the bomb hits and she holds the bridge. Yeah, I was gonna say that and lets everybody escape. And, and she, she was because the she whole, the whole she's supposed to be like the most. Po- it's alluded to that she's one of the most powerful Jedi ever, right? She's she's it's alluded to that she's not in power- these movies. Yeah. It's alluded to that she's more powerful than Luke, but yeah. also doesn't give a shit enough to walk the walk. Because that would have been amazing if they if like they show like, that she really yeah. can do it, yeah. but she just never wanted to. Yeah. See, now you're doing that thing where you're thinking too much. <laughs> and it's and it's it's very Ryan upsetting. Johnson movie. Yeah. It's just, just you're not supposed to think at all in his movie. The lightsaber is clashing together, and you hear the sound of the lightsaber, and you clapped because it sounded like a lightsaber. That's what Star Wars is all about. <laughs> it's about family. It's about family. It's and about Palpatines and Skywalkers. That's it. Wrong franchise. No, I'm gonna play a clip here where it's the video doc, and they're all saying it's about family. Is that but, something they did? Yeah. And it wasn't like a Fast and Furious show? Nope. It's about family. And that's what's so powerful about it. It was played straight. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess... That was for episode 9, right? Because episode 9... No, that was nine, episode 8. That was episode 8. No, episode 8 wasn't about family because it's... Ray's nobody. But then in episode 9, they realized, oh, actually, some people were upset somebody. that Ray's nobody. So she's Palpatine yeah. because it... he's really important to Star Wars. They were like, yeah, it turns out that when you tell people that somebody's somebody and then you tell them that they're nobody, it's like just not satisfying and people don't like it. Yeah. But, but turns that, out, the thing is, like, is they, if they had run that like through and see it through the end, no one would have really cared that much. Because it was the only twist in episode eight. Yeah. The yeah. only actual twist anything. in episode eight was that Ray actually was nobody because everyone yes. was expecting because everything her to be else, somebody. everything else wasn't a twist. It was just Some doing dumb shit. Everything else was Ryan like Johnson. making Alluding the something was going to happen, but then actually what you expect to happen is what happened. Yeah, no, no, yeah. Well, I'm saying like everything else was just dumb shit. Like, okay, we killed Luke. That was dumb. Oh, how about this? Uh, there's a, there's we, a planet we, that looks like Hoth, but then the guy like licks the ground and goes... It's salt. We can't uh, we can't talk about any of our plans with any of our people because there may be a mole on the ship. So instead of addressing the possible mole on the ship as part of the plot, we're just gonna send a couple people to rescue drunk ass Benicio del Toro, and then do some. Why didn't they just send more of those lifeboats out with more people to get them off the ship if they were well the the, the lifeboat thing with Benicio del Toro that wasn't like an. That wasn't a sanctioned mission. Yeah, but they didn't that, get caught. Yes, but so that, that was, was good. that was Poe totally being like, "Hey, I trust you to go get help." He's not the bad guy in this, but Poe he's played off right. as if he did everything wrong. Yeah, no, no. But I'm saying like he should have just listened to his superior officer, yeah. even though. Did like, you know this movie was actually sponsored even she by the didn't U.S. Tell military? Anything. I believe it. Yeah. I lied. <laughs> that was, misinformation. But you uh, got me. Yeah, no, I, I, it does really aggravate me with episode eight because Poe is doing ev- any and everything correctly. If you're in that kind of dumb situation, yeah. And then and Leia comes back to life out of her space coma and says, "Well, you, you know, should have just trusted her." If I was you, me, Leia, you know, the rebel who never trusted authority. <laughs> if I was in your position, I would have just trusted this person that you just met and nobody really knew, who kept doing things that got people killed. Uh, that's a good idea, Poe, and don't fucking ask me why. Right, and she was acting super untrustworthy the whole movie, only so that it would be a twist when it turns out that she she should have been trusted. Yeah. So there's 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 not really a twist. There's no character reason for her to be untrustworthy. It just does it so that it can be a twist. It's an extra narrative Even though it's not a twist, because she's a rebellion commander. It's just stupid. Typical Ryan Johnson writing. That's just all. Everyone, yeah, I mean, it's basically what he did in Glass Onion, which is like, yeah, oh yeah, like I didn't feed you any information about this, 
so you came to the wrong conclusion like an idiot yeah and you're kind of sitting there or going I, like, sh- I literally showed you something and yeah that was wrong it didn't happen yeah yeah so it's one <laughs> of those bitch. Yeah. it's, it's like, one of those you things idiot. where you're kind of sitting there going like I'm not stupid. I oh, came so to the now right I can't conclusion. trust any part of this movie. Yes, yeah, so, so now I've the... lost all interest in any investment I had. Yeah. Well, I came to the right conclusion with the information that I was given. It's not like, yeah. for example, Clue, where so good. The information is technically there. You just have to be paying attention in yeah. the background, kind of thing. It, Clue is. I watched that recently for the first time. It's great. It's, it's a great, great movie. Yeah. Have you seen all the endings? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, on uh, the, I watched on Amazon Prime, and they show yeah. all the endings at the end. Uh, at the end, yeah. So, uh, out of episode eight, what's the wor- What's the single worst aspect of the film? The I can I got that one. Casino. Anything involved with that like forty minute casino drunk? That was so long. Yeah. <laughs> I rewatched it. Yeah. I was like, oh so my much. god, they spent so it's much like time. Half the fucking yeah. movie. It doesn't, so it doesn't go anywhere. The high not... roller that they were looking for wasn't Lando. Right. That actually yeah, hurts but... now that you mention it. I, I never even made that like connection in my there, brain. There's, oh, there's a high roller. He's an old rebellion friend. He he he's at the casino gambling. He's gonna give you some information that'll help you out. And it's just some dude. Some yeah. some schmuck. I think it was how they, they did Finn dirty. Because yeah, he was, was he was the best character oh. from the first one. Yeah. Because he had so much room to grow. He I reminds used... you a lot of Han Solo. Yeah. But at least Han Solo is like charming and brave even though he's selfish finn is selfish and cowardly and not very like competent and he keeps getting more he has has so much room to grow as a character and and step into the hero's shoes and Um, and instead what happened is he talks to this like chick who talks him for five minutes as he's like trying to desert and then after like a five minute pep talk he decides oh you know what I'm gonna be the hero and risk my life and be brave now. You've, you've, this stranger have convinced me to be the hero. Do you remember when Han Solo became the hero in episode four, at like the pinnacle of the movie where Vader is gunning down Luke and about to kill him, and they they have 15 seconds left before they blow up the rebel base, and then at the last second, Han Solo. Who it's been kind of alluded to that he is like developing a soft spot for these characters, shows up and saves the day so that Luke can blow up the Death Star. Yeah, it's like the pinnacle of the movies. Han becoming selfless and and caring about other people, mm-hmm. and in in eight, it's just this like throwaway scene with this new character you've never met, and then that's it. That's Finn's character development. He never gets any more character development for the rest of the trilogy he's just brave and ready to do anything for the rebellion now finn's finn's journey in the movie is really i mean from from the jump it really disappointing because the movie takes place maybe five hours after uh episode seven which is really really condensed and really close and episode seven ends with ray like sitting next to finn's lifeless body and saying like I don't know if you're ever going to wake up from this man, but if you do, I'm probably going to be gone and it's going to be a long time. And then like five minutes later, he just like wakes up and he's totally fine. Um, after getting eviscerated by a lightsaber. Yeah, that's that's another thing that, I, I, like, like I say, in a good movie, yeah. no one would care, but in a bad movie, it stands out but as being particularly bad. I, I really expected like during that movie, Finn was, or during this series, Finn was going to kind of be an anti-Vader, you know? Where he would get more and more fucked up as time goes on and get more and more cyborged out. 
Like that'd have been really interesting. Because he he got he got fucked up. He got like his arm sliced open, his back sliced down yep. in the first movie. Uh, also, nobody lost an arm this series. I th- I think that's a huge that's a huge lose lose for everybody. Um, that's what Star Wars is all yeah, about, man. Is losing arms. losing arms and then yeah, and getting the sound of lightsabers and then you say, "May the force be with you." Yeah, but it's it, about if, family. It's yeah. about family. But <laughs> if Finn ended up being the like the Jedi cyborg, like kind of an anti Vader, it at least would have been as an icon a very cool inversion that would have been an actual like poetry that rhymes. would have been an actual subversion of expectations where it, you know you expect you've seen this kind of story in a slightly different light but now let's let's show it a different way let's let's go a different direction with it and i think that's that would be interesting yeah i think um yeah, Finn was definitely the most promising character, and yeah. um, they, they and they could have taken him in all sorts of different directions as well. He, he had a lot of room to grow in, like to be good, to be ga- to be bad. And he had good yeah. chemistry with everyone else. Yeah, yeah he had yeah. everyone. He had good chemistry with with Han Solo. He was good, especially good with Poe Dameron. Yeah, he was decent with Rey. Pretty good, but you know, room to improve there. Yeah. And what a fascinating just I from the the, the get go. What a fascinating idea for a character. Yeah, sorry. What a fascinating idea for a character in general. A a stormtrooper that's dissatisfied and is trying to escape. A black stormtrooper. Yeah, yeah. Because that was like a, yeah. a, that was a, a big new, deal. Yeah. That was a, a surprise, right? Yeah. Yeah. They didn't have those before. Well, we never I seen mean, them. They, they never, never seen before, really yeah. saw. Well, right, but it's implied that they're all clones of this like New Zealand Maori. No, yeah, no, yeah. no. Stormtroopers aren't clones. They're they're recruits. Okay, they've always been recruits. Yes, but because of the prequels and like for a, a layman movie viewer, yeah. yeah, you know, it it's not what you expect. Yeah, yeah, they're ba- yeah, and they, they it, I mean, in the movie they explain it at the beginning. I think like they're all kind of like brainwashed recruits, and then they no, they're, they're brainwashed. Right? kidnap kids which yeah. is why if he's force sensitive and he was kidnapped there's an implication that all of the rest of them are also force sensitive kidnap kids kind of the way if they're called the first order it's kind of mimicking the way the jedi order would go around and kidnap kids and turn them into jedi mm-hmm. there's a there's an interesting layout for a story yeah. with with uh with that foundation and instead, we get Ooh, like they Finn, they got rid of the Jedi, and instead of recruiting Jedi children for that, they they recruited them. For, well, uh, so like sensitive children if, for... if if I were writing the story, right? Um, Snoke would be a slightly force sensitive dude of alien origin, whatever, who found a holocron and just learned a little bit about this stuff, and essentially started a a, a force pyramid scheme. Yeah, where he kidnapped a bunch of force sensitive kids. And was tithing their power to him so that he would get stronger himself. And, and I using them as foot soldiers. Wasn't 7, 8, and 9 the first movies where Stormtroopers actually seemed slightly effective? Uh, right? They were much they better. Were eff- they were effective in the first couple of movies. I think that... Seven, no, 4, 5, and 6, they sucked. I think in 4, they were pretty effective. I mean, l- let's not forget, they, they murdered a whole bunch of people. You mean in the opening scene where yeah. they take the in the opening the scene ship. in uh, I mean the, the implied on Tatooine yeah um, e- even in the Death Star they're they're less trying to kill the protagonist and more trying to kind of corral them into one place I think that's a very generous in in, uh, in episode five yeah. their direct orders are don't kill Luke mm. that that's the whole thing Vader does not want Luke dead Vader knows who Luke is. 
um, which is why the perfect watch order is four five one two three five six. But there's a there's a good story in in these movies in a different way than the prequels, where the prequels like they, if they, they were they, recut they'd be better. I think in this like if they were rewritten, they with, did a good job making the main characters, and they just screwed up everything. Else, yeah, they just didn't go anywhere. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think of anything else. Was uh, was eight the one with the um, the scene with the X wings as they're flying really low and they're cutting the top of the salt layer and it's red? Yeah, yeah. that's not X wings. Those that are different. Think the problem with that was that's so fucking cool visually, but it makes no sense. Why? Why were they doing that? They had some throwaway no, they, line of like, oh, we found these yeah, things like that aren't vessels. working very well, and they. They have to drag your lung. But it's bullshit to just justify. Who fucking the... cares? Ugh. Just enjoy the pretty visuals. Yeah. yeah. Don't nitpick that stuff. But I don't know. That fucking pisses me off. That's the same thing as like the the arcing laser beam. Yeah, yeah. And then the 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 ships have to fly on top of the destroyers to drop bombs, which yeah. fall and like accelerate because of gravity, like <laughs> in space. Yeah. It's just. I mean, it's just like a. Huh? It's yeah. just supposed to be like like ocean battle instead of space battle. Yeah. Like it's it's just a different visual metaphor. But if you go, the technology. So have you seen uh, Have you seen the Expanse? Yes. The, the way that they did space battles was fantastic. With what the fuck's he doing? He's eating did, something. Did you drop ice? Yes. Like an hour ago. And you didn't pick it up. An hour ago, it just disappears, right? <laughs> but anyway, yeah, no, I, yeah, no. Um, <clears throat> Yeah. So, were you exhausted, eight, or do you have anything else left to say on eight? Uh, what else was? Um, was there I mean, we didn't we didn't even talk about Luke and Yoda and that whole bullshit on the island. Who cares? We I mean, it's pass. it's just such a bummer to. Okay, wait, no. Here's an actual complaint that I have, like f- from a filmic perspective. Luke throwing away the lightsaber. No, fuck that. <laughs> fuck, fuck characterization and everything. From a film perspective, Star Wars should not have flashbacks. It should. It, there, you've had once you've had six movies. You've codified what the visual and filmic style of it is. Yeah. You have, you know, you have wide shots. You have very scenic views. You have, uh, I mean, you have wipe cuts, right? You know what Star Wars looks like. Of the original six movies, which now that's the original six. There's no flashbacks. There's nothing extemporaneous, yeah. right? The movies are played in a in a chronologically linear fashion. The only time there is a flashback is one, two, and three because that's an extended flashback. Um, episode eight not only has a flashback, but it has three flashbacks that are the same flashback. Yeah. They think they're. I mean, and people are like, "Whoa, that's really clever." They're showing it from different perspectives, and I'm not gonna say like, "Oh, it's not clever because it's been done before." But it's literally Rashomon, which is one of one of the most famous films of all time, is the or, uh, originator of that trope in popular media, and is one of the movies that George Lucas was infatuated with, that inspired uh, not directly inspired him to make Star Wars, but was part of the foundation of Star Wars legacy. Have you seen uh, any of Kurosawa's movies? A couple. Uh, the the lead actor in uh, in that and all of or most of other the other Kurosawa <clears throat> movies, is Toshiro Mufune, who yeah. was the original casting choice for Obi-Wan Kenobi. Like, so having a Rashomon movie in this as a B-plot is uninspired and really, like, really stylistically jarring. Yeah. Um, 
I wouldn't. I, I I mean, even watching the movie when it came out, it it was very like, why the fuck are they doing this? Like, we don't need we don't need that whole like, oh, there's there's you know, guys, there's actually three sides to every story. Like, there's there's what he said, what he said, and the truth. And like, fuck off, fuck off. Your playground of, nursery rhyme. What bullshit. did you like from it? I'm trying to think of of scenes. That there's some aspects. really there's some really good visuals in it. I liked. Okay. Hot take. I liked Luke showing up on Crate to buy the Rebellion time. Yeah. That that was another effective twist, one that you could see coming that wasn't what you expected to happen. Was that when he died? And there was a build-up to end it. Of, end so of it? It, it, I'm talking about like before he died, right? He's there. They blow him up with a billion oh, yeah, lasers. Yeah. And then yeah. he's there. And he's he does the standoff against Kylo to, to buy the Resistance time yeah. to get out of there. It was... Because they always have to introduce new force powers, right? Yeah, yeah. And it it was it was a, a rare case in this, of of the force is just whatever it needs to service what the it needs plot, to be. Yeah, right. Same with technology, right? Technology it, it all goes in service of the plot and yeah. the characters. That's what's most important. The fact that he died was stupid, so, and and kind of ruined the scene because it's like yeah. he he died from from trying too hard. What like. Well, that's what Kanye West always said: is when you try Fade. hard, is when you die hard. Fade away. Right. Well, the Adrian the real reason he died is because that was a dramatic moment for his character to die. Yes. Yeah. I, did, I didn't. It, it, it kind of felt <clears throat> like Ryan Johnson just really wanted to be the person that killed Luke off. I just didn't. I don't like the idea of edgy, like broody Luke. Luke is. Yeah. 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 I, I, I hated Luke. There's. Luke nor did he. Thing. I mean, he was very outspoken there's, about. There's a. There's an archetype of a hero that I think is. What George Lucas wanted from Star Wars was that it was a fairy tale. Yep. It was a fairy tale to instill good ideas and good beliefs in kids about heroism, about strength, about you know power. And it was what, it was mythos. Mythos. Yeah, yeah. So when when you there's there's enough one of these. There's enough Batman's out there. You know, there's enough sad boy heroes that are like, oh, my life sucks. And I mean, coming from somebody who's emotionally predisposed to be like that and like enjoy melancholy things, it's a huge breath of fresh air whenever a show, a show or a movie or a book can have like, hey, the hero's actually just like a a nice, hopeful dude who who likes things and he believes the best in people. Yeah. And when you take a hero who's like that and you make him into the same thing that everybody else is because it's. It, it, we're in the modern era and everything has to be dark and broody and sarcastic and, and kind of mean-spirited. Um, you've removed a little bit of light from the from the world. I, I have a question. Uh, okay, so Luke in the original series kind of... His, he represents hope, right? Throughout yeah. the, the whole... How could... No, Leia does because she says it at one point. But like, yeah, yeah. But so hope. Luke, Luke kind of represents hope for the galaxy and... Just like his entire character, his entire personality is a new hope. Yeah. So, and Ryan Johnson turns it on its head in episode eight. How could they have done that to where you flip Luke and it, and you make it work? One line of dialogue. Okay. When uh, when he's with Yoda, right? Uh, in that in episode eight, Yoda like burnt fucking lights the tree on fire. Whatever the fuck it is, right? Well, that's that's the scene where Yoda tells the audience that the theme of the movie is failure because yeah. unless Yoda told you that you wouldn't be able to figure it because out because it was so because, poorly put together. <laughs> well, well, everyone in the movie fails, 
But unfortunately, they forgot to learn from their failures, yeah. which is the theme of the movie, is that failing is what teaches you. Yeah. But, which which is a good theme. It's it's such a it's such a disappointment because you you listen to interviews with Ryan Johnson talk about the movie and the movie he describes sounds like it movie. would be a really yeah. good Star Wars movie. So the the line I that think I, that's it. I think that's the the issue with him though as a director. He's a fucking <clears throat> great salesman. Well, that's, <laughs> that's why he's like Todd Howard. Yeah. Except for Todd Howard always tells the truth and, and has what never, he says is, to is the on truth. A promise. Right? Do you want this higher up, by the way? Yeah, I have to like. Yeah, just like, like, like this. Like, 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 yeah. So Look with with um, <laughs> what, what I'm talking about with Yoda is, uh, Luke is crying about the tree oh, can, and the. Now I can take up my full size. <laughs> <laughs> the, he's crying about the tree and this the ancient good. texts of the Jedi and all that shit. And in the movie, Yoda says something like, "You are all. You are still that idiot, stupid, hopeful boy looking at the sunset, and you refuse to see what's in front of you." Uh, and I'm not sure I understand. thanks. thanks <laughs> nor do I, Siri. Nor do I. What What Yoda should have said in that moment is that Luke. Where is that young, hopeful boy who was looking yeah. at the sunset? You're only seeing the item in front of you. You're only seeing that the world is is in a hurt place. You're only seeing that Ray is an inexperienced, like, kind of head-in-the-clouds girl. Where's the guy who used to see beyond that? Who used to see the hope and that you're, you're looking at the sunset. Yeah. You're looking at that thing that's unattainable and you want to grab it. That's the speech Yoda should give. It's not like... Hey man, look look at what's in front of you, man. Like you're you're just being like too, you're you're being too dreamy. Like that's not what Luke is about. Yeah. And if you did that one line of Luke's dialogue, like, Luke's like you know Luke's. The, and it's a nice reversal of what yeah. he says in, in Empire. Yeah. And I, it, wow, that's I haven't heard that before. That is because that is good. because that's an Adrian Noah original, baby. Baby. But if you. That's why you're the best. Thanks. Baby. An baby. Yeah, but if you if you have that line in the film. It completely changes Luke's a Luke's mentality in yeah. the film, and b Yoda's Yoda's understanding of the Force. Because at the, by that point, by the point in Episode Five, Yoda's just an old curmudgeon who saw all his friends die. Yeah, it's a it's a good opportunity for Yoda to. Yoda has it, you could you could say that Yoda is now one with the Force, and he's learned that like there's bigger stuff going on and and it's not just about me getting a vendetta against my enemy it's also about you know life going on and fostering a new generation mm -hmm. and maybe i was a little clouded in my own ways too that's a good way to progress the series but instead we get like hey luke stop being so <laughs> hopeful you little fucker just like accept what things are and that's kind of like you're talking that the theme as stated in the film is like failure is good if you learn from it but the theme that's portrayed in the film is just accept the status quo and don't question it and do exactly what everybody tells you because that's the right thing to do. And e even if it isn't. Um, and I I don't know, like coming from a place where Star Wars is, is uh, I believe it's supposed to be a fairy tale and something for kids to enjoy. And it shouldn't be elevated into some like dark, dingy adult thing. It should just be like a, a moral I story. I, I just screw that. I mean, I think it, like it's Andor. Andor that's, does that's like a Andor does but... like a serviceable yeah. job of it, but it's right, not. If you're talking about the main, the main. Yeah, the main saga is it's a fairy tale, and it, it's, if it's... you're gonna do that, then telling uh, telling a story where it's like it can be dark. You know, it... you gotta you gotta follow the rules, otherwise, um, you know you. 
you, Otherwise, everyone yeah. who serves you will die. Everyone, everyone you love is going to die if you don't killed. follow the rules that are put in. Like, <clears throat> and there's not even an, an interesting discussion within the film about, like, it, how are we any different than the Empire at this point? Mm-hmm. Like, if if our whole thing is like, oh, yeah, just, just do what you're told. Like, what makes Poe different than a stormtrooper, essentially? So, I, I don't know. There, there's not even... It, what there there's interesting themes to be had in the film that aren't even addressed that okay, that's okay. my central problem i got another question for you thoughts on bb8 really cute i thought it was funny the the scene where he's like the there's mic. like sparks coming out of yeah. the thing and he's like his little probe keeps splitting into more things yeah. Yeah. that's can we talk about the humor yeah <clears throat> the first movie had some great the humor. first movie the first, had great humor the the reason the first movie had great humor is because it didn't have any jokes yes, yes. it was funny without having jokes well yeah. it's ghostbusters it rules where it's it's characters saying things that are humorous seeing that in the theater on not opening to night, an audience but to them in the film dude seeing that on theaters an opening night when bba is like th- little lighter thumb up thumbs yeah. up thing pops out was the the pop in of laughter in the audience well because it's amazing. It also there was there was a lot of great pacing yeah. in that scene yeah. where it's getting worse and worse and worse and she looks to him Did for that die? I think so yeah because oh, okay. it's got batteries yeah. um it, it's getting worse and then he just goes boop yeah. right at the moment to cut <laughs> yeah, the tension yeah, yeah. and it's well done but it's not jokey and it's not hacky yeah. or um I think the the funniest movement from that movie was. Kylo's throwing his temper tantrum. He's slashing everything with his lightsaber, <laughs> and then those two guys walk, and then they see it, and without saying anything, there's no, there's no joke. <laughs> they don't even there's look no at beat. each other. They, they just... Right? There's, there's nothing. They just turn around and walk the other way. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's perfect. Yeah. Whereas, you know, in in eight, you get into like Marvel style humor, where every scene is punctuated with a quip. Yeah. to break snippy. the tension. It's Marvel yeah. Disney kind of like just lowbrow. Right, which works in like a comic book hero movie where... It barely works in those movies. Yeah, but nobody really expects... Yeah. Like, you you just go to those movies, they're just a roller coaster, you know? Turn your brain off and have fun. Like, Han Solo's funny as hell in the original original movies without being jokey. It's his attitude. It's because he... The way... It's like you're you're with him on the way he replies to questions. There's no jokes. Yeah. Right? Dude, don't. You you came in that thing? You're braver than I thought. Yeah. Right? It's not like a joke. That's just what characters are like. Yeah. um, My my favorite line, I I care. Yeah. Yeah. What's that from? That's, um... Uh, I don't remember Le- Leia and Luke in the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon. Oh, oh okay. Leia's like, I don't think Han Solo cares about anything. And Luke is like, I, ca- I, I care. Because <laughs> yeah. he's a, like a whiny kid he's who's like, trying to be... with this like hot girl yeah. who he's never seen before. And he's like trying to be all like macho, but yeah. he's not. He's like an irrelevant but farmer. I, I, that's <laughs> it's the context that yeah. makes it and funny. It's not a... funny because Luke is like, oh, you're right. He's a <laughs> stupid idiot. It's not Am a, I right? It's not like uh, a Michael Cera moment. Where he's like he digresses too much. It's mm-hmm. just he's he's trying, and that's also <laughs> such like an image of who Luke is. Han can be the broody asshole, yeah, because because that's where that guy came from. Luke is like just a, a hopeful aw shucksy dude, and him saying stuff like that is like it's just cute. It's yeah. what he's supposed to do. Um, Alright, so back to eight. We almost finished on it, but I'm trying to think of. I, th- I said the what I like. What, what are the what are the parts of eight that were supposed to be funny? Because eight, 
I think was the least funny Star Wars movie of all of them. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. they had the joke eight. at the beginning where with the I would say eight uh, is mama, the Yo like, Mama the thing. Call, please, prank please call. hold. Which is just so um, bizarre. Why, why is that in there? And yeah. and like almost uncomfortable. Uh, yeah. Yes. Everything with Benicio del Toro's played for laughs, and it's, I, it's really I, not I'd say successful. Eight is the worst of the three, but it doesn't slot into. It feels like the least connected, so it doesn't count as being. It's a side story. Yeah, you can't think of it as yeah. part of those three movies. I guess Luke's. Where are you from? Oh, I'm from nowhere. Oh, nobody's from nowhere. I'm from Jakku. Oh, that is nowhere. Was like, I don't know. It was the funniest moment in this movie. It wasn't really funny. But it, it didn't fall flat. It was I think like, that, that made sense. It's one line away from being a Star Wars line. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it, that sort of worked. If, if instead of like, oh, that is nowhere, it was like a look or a beat or something, instead of a line of dialogue, I think that's more Star Wars-y. But then you wouldn't have gotten it because everything needs to be spelled out to the um, audience. Otherwise, you won't get or it. Or you could say, nobody's from nowhere. And she she thinks about it for a second and says, I'm from Jakku, and it's played completely sincerely, and it serves as foreshadowing for when Kylo Ren informs her that she is nobody. That That's a that's a stronger moment. And it, instead of playing it for laughs. Mm. Right. The other thing is that you need to like tell Ryan Johnson that making characters be more emotional does not make a scene more emotional. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> every conversation between Luke and Ray, it feels like one of them is about to just burst into tears. Well, what about the... And it's completely unjustified so the whole it, time. Right. It doesn't make... Yeah. It, there's, no, there's no plot reason. There's no tension. Why the character should be so just over the top, like, verge of tears yelling at each other what about for new, every line of dialogue. What about the new characters that he, in, he introduced? Was it Rose and... Rose um, Tico? Yeah. And the other one? They 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 had the same oh, thing. Poe or not Poe? Uh, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was. I mean, the, those char- those characters, I think, were the worst offenders. My right, favorite I line think. in the entire movie, actually, the funniest line, is when he, uh, when Benicio del Toro looks straight down camera and says, "Give me the fucking keys, yeah, fucking cocksucker." <laughs> That's the best line in the movie. Um, yeah, yeah but that that was a nothing character too. Um. I, I really can't think of any other really big things. What a waste of That's, Benicio del Toro. What a waste of Laura every, Dern. Dude, every actor. What a waste of Leia. What a waste. Yeah. Every actor in the movie was just yeah, totally wasted. Just, yeah. I, it's, it's so easy to forget Laura Dern is a very talented actress. She, she's phenomenal. One of the best of her generation. Like, yeah. It's just so weird. How can you take Dr. Ellie Sattler and make her a bad character? Not just yeah. that. And then she make has it, the stupidest moment of the movie where they go to light speed. Now, ordinarily, I'm the guy that's going to say, you know, the technology just does whatever it needs to yeah. do for the plot to work. But it still has to be consistent because yeah. otherwise there's no stakes, right? Yeah. If anybody can do anything, then All you the can't time. believe that you're in an actual universe with rules. Yeah. So having her fly the ship at light speed to destroy the whole fleet. Yeah. It... it it unwinds all of Star Wars because mm. why didn't they do that to get past the blockade on Naboo in Episode One? Yeah. Why didn't they do that to escape from Hoth? Why didn't they do that? Why to didn't they do the it five hours why ago? Why don't they just have dummy ships with droids on yeah. them to trigger that? Yeah. Right. Why, why did, why did she even need go. to do that? Yeah. Right. They, why? Why did she have to risk her life? And the other However, thing of the movie is it did look cool. Rose's it whole. Cool. <laughs> it did look good. Yeah. R- Rose's whole speech 
character arc. No, her whole, it's not her whole speech. Her whole character in the movie is so that you learn that it's not about sacrificing yourself to save the day. It's about family. Yeah. And it's about love. That's what Star Wars is. Yeah. You become the Star Wars when you love... The real Star Wars was the friends we the made along the way. The real Star Wars <laughs> is the love you have for Star Wars. Well, <laughs> But that flies in the face of Laura Dern, who 20 minutes, minutes ago, ago <laughs> did that thing, Kamikaze and it was played as she did do the right thing. Well, I mean... But when, when Finn does it, when Finn does it, A, it would have made technological sense within the movie. And also, and it he would have, have saved actually so been many saving people. people yeah. But he's not allowed to sacrifice well, himself. Well, no, because she said, we don't kill our, we don't sacrifice ourselves to kill the things we hate. We do it to save the ones we love. Implying that there was no one he loves behind that door. Like, and that he was he was motivated entirely out of hatred. Yeah, I which think is that, not what that was. That it was, was a last like ditch the, effort. The and he would have saved of... everybody, and Luke wouldn't have died. Mm. Yeah, that was like the linchpin of like every other bad thing in this movie is connected to that one scene of Laura Dern going light speed to yeah. destroy everything. Well, I, mean, I, I mean, if you wanted to talk about like failure and learning from it as a last ditch effort, I mean, as beautiful as the scene was in terms of subverting expectations, you ramp that to be like, oh shit, something's really going to drop, something's going to happen, and her ship just, like, splatters like a bug on a window. Like, that would have been kind of... I I don't think it's a great... It would have been a great scene, but at least it would have been like, oh, you guys are really fucked now. You just just did a Hail Mary, and it did not work. I'm trying to think about the physics of it, with the... That ship, that's accelerating light speed would survive, or the one that's stationary in space? They would both just well. There's a have the same amount of damage to each other. There, right? There's a whole scene where in uh, in episode seven when they're getting in the Millennium Falcon for the first time, escaping that junker ship, right? Um, where the the doors haven't opened, the blast shield doors haven't opened yet, all the way, and they're like, we have to time this right because we're gonna get boarded. But if we uh, if we do it right at the time, we can get out as early as possible. Now, they don't care about anybody on that ship, and they don't care about the ship itself. If light speed was just an instant, like, breakthrough barriers maneuver, yeah. uh, you should hypothetically just be able to go through that door and fuck everybody who's on that ship, you know? Um, I, I don't necessarily think that the... Uh, and then they have to do that, that throwaway line in episode nine. It's like, oh, hey, why don't we just do that thing again? And then someone says, oh, we can't because it, they're, they're expecting it this time. And because they know that we're going to do that. So we can't do it because we already did it once and it only works. Literally, this throwaway line where they, they don't explain why it worked then and couldn't work now but they know that they, they have to address it you because just, otherwise the the audience will ask every every so they have the movie ask but they don't answer it yeah. they just say oh we can't because reasons the, the teraflops aren't giga halved yeah you know well that's a real uh, thing but. yeah right no but the uh the the movie has so many low points and not enough high points to justify it the whole thing really comes down to it. Just you're watching it and you're confused. You're like, "What the fuck's going on?" Like, I what? wasn't confused for a second. No, in I mean, terms, of, not in terms the, of the plot. It's simple to follow, but you, it's, I, it's, it's confusing like, in terms why did of they like, make those choices. Yeah, um, I think part of the problem I have with it is that it, the movie insists that it's smarter than it actually is. That's every Ryan Johnson movie um, ever made. It, it, it's not even. I like Looper. 
Looper's there, great. I, I like Looper. I did I like not Looper like Looper. I liked... Even though the premise makes no sense, I like Looper. Yeah, it's fun. It's... I didn't like Looper because I hated the my main thing that really... I didn't like it that much, but the thing that really irritated me... going to say me, something stupid. Why is the time machine a fucking washing machine? It looks like a washing machine. It's because the worst... they're, they're criminals. They have yeah. to do everything covertly, right? Yeah. I thought that was pretty obvious. They, like, <laughs> Dude, the time machine in Primer like is mafia. literally a paper box. Like, Prime, it's whoa, not... whoa, whoa. Don't break... Don't put... Don't, I'm just saying, you, like... You take that... The work, mechanics of time travel... Don't put those two are... movies in the same sentence. Oh, yeah. Okay? No, the time travel machine looks different in this movie. We're going to take a break from Star Wars to explain the entire plot <laughs> of Primer. <laughs> <laughs> I remember my physics professor put that on in, uh, in high school. God, that's that when movie. i first watched it it was great that, also it's a good show because it's only like how long is that movie it's an like 90 and, minutes uh, it's way less it's like a, an hour and 10 minutes or something like it's that. still like the standout time travel movie oh yeah 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 it's great <laughs> made for 14 grand i think yeah and right? imagine fucking 250 million gets poured into tenet <laughs> <laughs> did you see tenet why would i have seen tenet uh, i don't know it's it's uh i'm not a movie guy like you guys Imagine so you if, say uh, that, but you've been had pretty good like takes so far on Star Wars. Well, I am I am a Star Wars guy. Yeah, oh, he's okay. a Star Wars guy. What about um, oh, we were talking? I think it was we your, should move on to Episode Nine. Though. We should, but before that, uh, you don't like Christopher Nolan movies. I for the most like part. a couple of them, but you're you're not a huge fan. I think I think even he's you are really excited for Oppenheimer, right? I'm I'm excited to be disappointed by Oppenheimer. I'm so excited for Oppenheimer. <laughs> I, I think it that... It looks so good. It, there's so much going for it, and I really want Nolan to stick the landing this time, yeah. but his last, like, five movies have kind of just shit the bed. I didn't think that they shit the bed necessarily, but I did think that um, they weren't what people are expecting. I don't think Dunkirk's a bad movie. I think Dunkirk's a movie that stands on its own, because it's not really a movie. It's more like a... It's a it's an amusement park. It's like one of those. Yeah, so virtual, it's not a movie. It's a it's a virtual reality ride that you get on and then you experience something and then you get off at the other end. Sounds fucking terrible. No, anyway, I mean, uh, so episode nine. <laughs> okay. Um, episode nine is the movie where they ran out of budget for VFX, so they decided to for every VFX shot in the movie just clone the same thing and make it bigger and smaller in different directions. And then just copy and paste that basically <clears throat> on the background. Yeah, that's not, that every fucking VFX shot in that movie was that. It was so bad. Um, the the fucking star destroyers in the sky above the planet. Yeah. The ray in that stupid mirror world that she went into. No, that was that was that was eight. That was eight. Jesus Christ, yeah. oh he's God. so stupid, bro. I can't believe we let him on. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, just they're just one just big horrible. Doesn't movie in my even mind. know the plot of the movies that we're talking. To be about. fair, we're talking about episode nine, and there is objectively no plot in that movie. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we got episode a, we, nine. Was they, the one they swing too far in the other direction. From they go from the writer director. Who was it? JJ that came back and did it. Right, JJ yeah. comes back and directs. But, but you really get the feeling that the movie was written by a dude. Everyone involved. Yeah, yeah. like everyone yeah. involved. Anthony Daniels. That's because it was Daisy Ridley. <laughs> they all just got together and on Google Docs and just shat the whole thing out yeah, and yeah. said, "Fuck it, let's it's go." Anthony Daniels especially. Write well, a Star Wars episode nine based on this. Based on what you think Reddit would like <laughs> yeah. to see in their Star Wars movie, and include everything Reddit wants to have. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, the uh, best part and worst part for you guys, if you can even remember what's in it. Um, the best part for me because it was hilarious was, and I've seen so many breakdowns of it, was the uh, the fucking horrible fight choreography, especially in the throne room, where yeah, like most of the there's only what like eight. 
characters, maybe. Yeah. And at They're least all kind two of or like three intentionally are missing each other, swinging in the background, like just doing their own thing, <laughs> and then <laughs> just oh, what do we do? Fuck. I, I think that was also eight. No, the throne room uh, thing was nine, I think. When no, the throne room was eight. Was that yeah, eight? eight. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that was sense. the scene that I said was my favorite scene in eight, yeah. as a matter of fact, ah, when well. we were talking about that. Um, I'm trying to... Bernard, best and worst moments of nine. Uh, I, the One acting. I, so the, there's no moment. What like, the fuck the whole, happened to nine, then? Nine didn't make any sense. Yeah. Um... I don't know. Lando looked like he was happy to be there. That was cool. <laughs> oh, oh my god! I didn't even remember that. Okay, I can I can I do my best and worst like moment. The senile <laughs> old man flying the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, man, this is what Star Wars is all about, baby. Whoa. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> I, I, I totally, I totally forgot. He says that, that in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I totally forgot. I my worst moment was going to be the Chewbacca death fake out. That was going to be the worst because, like, oh, yeah, everybody was standing at the exact angle where the ship was eclipsing the other ship of the exact shot. That's such a cheap move, dude. You can't kill the dog. Uh, but But the actual worst part of the movie is the implication that the two black characters are related. (laughs) Did they do that? I don't remember that at all. I don't remember that either. The the black girl riding the horse at the end... Like she has a talk with Land or not Land. Oh, that- she has she has a talk with Finn in the middle of the movie. Like, yeah, I didn't know my parents either. Like, my dad left when I was really young. And then at the end of the movie, she sits down next to Lando and like puts her hand on his and gives him a look, and he gives her a look. And it's there's three black characters in the movie. You put two of them in a kind of a relationship, and then the third one is now going to be the dad and father-in-law. Like it's a why would you make that the dynamic? What Lando has to be related to one of the other two black people? Dude, I might remember. Well, this that's what Star Wars is all about. It's, it's about family. It's about, it's about family. family. It's about Skywalkers, Palpatines, and Calrissians. And incest, apparently. Yeah, the the best. Um, what the be, uh, for, incest? The whole fucking the original trilogy is about incest. No, it's not. It's kind not of. Oh, I thought you were. I thought we were about the sequel trilogy. I'm like, dude, you really are not watching the same <laughs> movies as us, man. No, the. The, uh, I think I might have only watched nine once. The best, uh, and eight and nine. You're not missing anything, once, yeah. really. But I think the, I watched them when they came out in the theaters. I, I'm tied for best moment in eight. There's two moments. Um, one is Palpatine powering up. You mean all, nine? Nine, yeah. Palpatine powering up all the star destroyers in the sky by shooting lightning out of his yeah. hands and screaming, <laughs> mostly because uh, Ian McDiarmid is so good at chewing scenery as Palpatine. Yeah, the yeah. acting man. That's just, just going. That's the only yeah. good thing. You, you can't fault him. You can't fault him. He's, no, he's given dog shit to work with. It's great, dude. And he's like, I'm, I'm doing it. Yeah. He's he's having a great time. I mean, he, but dude, <clears throat> even to be quite honest, even in the original trilogy, I bet that I mean, the, apparently the whole the whole, especially in the first movie. The whole crew just laughed at George Lucas. Yeah, they were having a great time. Yeah, because the no, they didn't respect him. At yeah, all. Uh, the the second uh, the second other only good, really good moment of Episode Nine for me is at the end when they're uh, like they're fighting the Knights of Ren in Palpatine's little underground dungeon, right? And Kylo Ren magically apparates a lightsaber behind him for some fucking reason, right? He he's got his hands like tied behind his back. And then he pulls out the lightsaber and and it's Luke's lightsaber. And he learned that in prison. But the best the best part of the movie is Kylo Ren not being a little emo sad boy for a minute and actually having fun as a character. Yeah. Because he turns on the lightsaber and the two guys who are attacking him like step back and he kind of does like one of these. And it really feels like just Harrison Ford channeling himself through mm. Adam Driver. 
And that one little like it's about family. That, but that one little <laughs> like look and shrug feels like I wish we had that character for three movies because that character is a fun character to play with. Mm-hmm. Um, but it feels earned that he he arrived at that by yeah. being an emo sad boy. Yeah, and but like a, a angry white man. It it just sucks that he was an emo angry white man sad boy incel for two movies where his behavior there was almost completely unjustified. Like mm-hmm. he he was the best part of those movies, but he was not I'm, I'm like, just trying to stay positive, man. About episode <laughs> 9, bro. We're talking about the parts we liked. You said uh, yeah. you asked you you said this is yeah. the part that I like. I genuinely yeah, yeah, can't yeah. really remember any part. Um the the other good that, part is I mean it's really really dumb, but this is like a, it's <clears throat> it's good in the way that the room is good or Rocky Horror is good where it's like Oh yeah, this thing that we got is an ancient Sith dagger, and it'll lead us to where we need. Oh my god, and I forgot about that. It lines up with Ugh. the wreckage of the Death Star Jesus that landed there, like what, maybe ten years ago. That was on this other planet that's so thing. far away from where the Death Star exploded. I, I god damn, I, yeah. for, I totally forgot about that stupid fucking scene. Yeah, a lot of the movie just doesn't make sense. Yeah, it doesn't jump. It doesn't jump. <laughs> Are you kidding me? We'll line it up to the horizon. <laughs> Like having having Death Star wreckage when you saw the whole thing explode in a fireball. Yeah, it's like yeah, whatever. I mean, fine. But then the wreckage is somewhere else. It's not. It's not, not on Endor. Endor. It's some other planet. And then yeah, it's the, not even ancient... on another moon of Endor. What's like? What's even more unjustifiable about that is that they didn't have any reason for there to be a Sith dagger at all. They could have just not had that. Yeah, and then. It was a total plot contrivance just it, for it, things to happen. It, it would have been, but but the movie already had too much in it. They could have just it, found a chip. That, oh, this is the map. That yeah. would have been so much better. No, but they needed they needed something to add time to the movie. It yeah. was it wasn't a narrative convenience that they they had that. It was literally like the movie we wrote is only sixty minutes long, and we need this to be two, can you can two you imagine thirty? The being the group of people that you you, you must, they must have read that and then. You hear it again in a reading, in the script reading. And you're like, oh, okay, you know, we're going to give this benefit of the doubt. This is going to look great visually. And then... You're like the PA running coffee, and you're not allowed to say anything. <laughs> you're just hearing all this bullshit, and you're like, like what? Dude, this movie's going to fucking and suck. The, then, then there's the meeting with the prop master and the art director. Like, what's this knife going to look like? <laughs> right. Well, well, yeah. well, it's an ancient Sith dagger, yeah. and it has to line up like the Staff of Ra in Indiana Jones. Yeah. But it lines up to something... That's new. Yeah, it's not just new, but like really new. It like, needs to look like a bluff. Like, yeah. I mean, imagine if the staff of Ra lined up with the uh, I don't the know, shape what? of a fucking jeep in the background. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Something fucking yeah. Just it, the shape of a jeep that crashed on Mulholland six days ago. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> into a lamppost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense. Why would? And they had a whole narrative, like a subplot of. C-3PO having to be the hero and, ha- like, sacrifice himself to read the ancient Sith inscription on this dagger. Right. Well, that was, like, Anthony Daniels wanted to have a moment where he yeah, does something heroic, and he never did. And they're like, because, you know, because episode nine was written by everyone involved. It's <laughs> like... Anthony Daniels says, hey, hey, I made I made some edits to the script, by the way. And they're like, oh, that's fine. We trust you, Tony. We're not going to review that. And then it's, 
you know, he sacrifices just one big Google himself. Doc that- <laughs> yeah, it's just a big Google Doc that everyone involved has access to. That's the script. Yeah, there's well, no there's no you know, proofreading. Lines have changed today. That's weird. <laughs> right. right, yeah. T- Tony has his owner access yeah, yeah, to the yeah. document. Where did right? this scene he's, come he's, from? He's 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 C three PO man. Of course he is. He I, has owner it's access. Just, there's so many better ways to make three PO the hero of the movie. Who wrote the Who wrote the dagger bit then? Right. So yeah, and then he like that whole scene, man. It's like I just want to remember my friends one last time to a room of, to people, a ro- a room of people he met like two days ago, <laughs> and and has no reason to like. Yeah. And then, but then they they don't even keep it serious because that scene is is played for laughs later on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, R two is also like conspicuously absent from the entire trilogy. Yeah, R2 was the only um, one that had the common sense which, to Which sucks, because R2 is supposed to be the like unifying factor between all of the Star Wars stuff. Yeah. It's supposed to be R2 and 3PO are like there the whole time. Mm. Right. Um, 3PO has his memory wiped at the end of 3. Yeah. But R2 is like, yeah, he's, he's tissue through the whole... I, I mean, there was, a, there was a Lucas interview where it's like... <clears throat> where his concept was that the Star Wars saga was being discovered from a far future group and they were basically just looking through r2's logs and oh, that's really that, cool. that's like his concept of why there's why episodes always there. and why it's a long time ago it's it, it, r2 was there for everything yeah and that's pretty the, cool in the yeah. sequels it's like just he's oh yeah he was asleep for the first one um, he was chilling in the Millennium Falcon for the second one, not doing anything. Those cons, and those, in the third those, one, he just—did uh, he do anything in nine? It's—it's it's almost like you know those those restrictions that he was there uh, that writers put on movies like that force better ideas from having to think more deeply, I guess, about whatever they're writing, whatever they're creating, because the. The new three movies are basically they're just totally unrestricted. You can do whatever you want. Yeah, it's sandbox. And it, yeah, and it's the 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 strange thing about the production of that movie. I mean, they they had a different script, and episode eight didn't do well, so they they trashed the original that was supposed to be done Actually, by the that Jurassic was because World guy. A bigot and uh... um, no, it was supposed to be done by the Jurassic World guy, and they they said no, we're going to trash that and give Tr- it back to J.J. Colin Trevorrow. Yeah, that wasn't a good movie. Either, and though, so. it, it yeah. <laughs> But the script, good, the script so the script for that leaked and I wouldn't say it's good but at least it, it like it, it it has a solid narrative mm. structure where this is just like fugazi bullshit um the the script writer for this I'm honestly surprised that JJ took that back actually I'm not surprised he took it back he likes money I I like money too like <laughs> I, yeah I, I, I don't blame him uh, I don't know. but I don't the, think... this wasn't written by JJ it was written by uh, Chris Terrio um you may know Chris Terrio <laughs> from the movie Argo which he co-wrote with Ben Affleck and won the Academy Award for Best Screenwriting the, the year nine came was out. written by him not only nine but Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice and Justice League and Star Wars Episode Nine were written by Oscar Award winning screenwriter capacity Chris Terrio screenwritten by yeah but was it did he write no, the first one no or? written by like first build screenwriter but he could have written he no, could have no, written a script no, that no got it's 50 not changed no it's not story by it's not like it's not colin trevorrow and blank with the and it's it's colin or not colin trevorrow it's uh tristario 
they're his script. Hmm. He wrote them. I mean, so, maybe, maybe there was some doctor. So Ben Affleck is actually a genius screenwriter and not him. I mean, he won the Oscar, but he wrote episode nine and and uh, Justice League. Because Argo is fantastic. Yeah, it was okay. I loved Argo. It was I pretty it was good. Argo is great. But yeah. Um, but then again, that's a real story that they can. Does uh, the the fight on adapt. the where. Kylo and Rey are fighting on the wreckage of the Death Star. Looks kind of cool with this the the water like splashing up. Yeah, it's almost not worth criticizing it because none of it it's, makes sense. It's anyways. such. It, there's no fi- at least criticizing eight. There's like a fire behind it. Like there's ways to make it better. Yeah, nine just didn't have a chance. Just fizzled. Like, yeah, nine nine eight eight eight. I mean, does feel like you know someone wanted to make a movie and had some ideas that. Could have played out. Unfortunately, they didn't. Yeah. But that makes it more engaging to talk about. Right. You can talk about episode eight and say, like, this worked, this didn't. I can see where they were going with this. I would have gone in a different direction. There's, there's no way to look at episode nine and say, like, I would have gone in a different direction because it's aimless. It doesn't have direction itself. And also, I mean, you know, they inherited just shit to work with as well, right? I you guess, got, like, but, something set up in the first one. But you could have gone places after 8, too. Yeah, but the pro- the thing that they really fucked up was... It's a it's supposed to be a trilogy, right? But they set something up in 7, 8 scraps all of that, start something new, and then they get the director for 7 to come back to do 9. Right, and, and sever- uh, se- 9 rubber bands even further yeah. in the opposite direction yeah. where it it straight up redoes raise parenting it's like oh people you know that didn't test well with focus groups so we're just gonna give a different answer now yeah so like what the fuck are you supposed to do because it's not it's not a cohesive narrative over the, th- the over those three movies it's now just sort of like well three poorly thought out poorly written movies crammed together and forced to be in in a series together, basically. Seven yeah. at least feels like a Star Wars movie. It feels watch. like a movie. Yes. Yeah. Um, Star so, Wars, seven, if seven, if Star Wars didn't exist and then Seven came out, that would have been a great first Star Wars movie. I think that if you look at them simply, at, try to disconnect yourself from Star Wars altogether and look at them filmically. Just as movies. As movies. Standalone movies. Uh, seven seven feels, is the only one that's Seven decent. feels like a film. Yeah, eight doesn't. It, it, eight requires you to have outside knowledge of so many characters and moments. Eight's out. Eight's a two-hour TV series. It, Sorry, a two-hour TV episode. Yeah, it, it it requires you to have outside knowledge, and it doesn't develop anything. So, if you were cold cocked and you never, you know, you came out of a cave and you never heard anything about Star yeah. Wars, and the first thing you see is Episode Eight, you wouldn't it. You wouldn't have any opinions on it because it wouldn't feel like anything. Yeah. You you don't know these characters. You don't know these moments. You don't know this world. Um, it doesn't do anything to establish it. Um, I, and I mean, that's kind of the critique I have with the the John Wick sequels too, is that it just feels like something that happens that you need to know something else to understand. No spoilers for four. I haven't um, seen it yet. Yeah. It, four is okay. But it, it's just... Episode eight is... Meh. And then episode nine feels like if Fast and the Furious was in space and like wasn't as endearing, mm. right? Um, so filmically, I wouldn't say any of them are excellent are, are are excellent films, but at least seven feels like one. 
And if you look at the prequels, I wouldn't say any of them are excellent films, but at least they follow structure that is engaging. And there's an overall vision to it. I think that if there there's a good cut of the prequel somewhere, um, there's no way that the best take they had was the Obi Wan. Yeah, there's no way that the best take in Episode Three is Obi Wan delivering. He slaughtered younglings while covering his mouth because he was laughing during the take. They didn't just shoot one take and go on. There there were five other takes. And for some reason in editing, they chose to use that. The best part about the first three movies is the behind the scenes where they're screening, I think, the first one. <laughs> Have you seen this? Jar Jar is the key to all of this. And it's George Lucas sitting in a, like a private movie viewing room with like a 20-seat like theater type thing. And he's sitting in the middle of a bunch of people and everyone's facing, watching like this. And the the film ends and Luke go, and uh, George Lucas goes, Oh, I think I might have gone too far with this. <laughs> uh, well, think... well, he's a funnier character than we've ever had. Yeah. He's the key. Yeah. I think that there's a good cut of the prequels somewhere. I like the prequels. Yeah, yeah, I know. But I think there's... Uh, the, the, the narrative that's shown in the prequels is much less compelling than the narrative that is actually alluded to in the prequels. And I think there's a way to cut those movies to be stronger. Ooh, I have an interesting thought, right? I think. Um, it's not. So, you know how um, we were having this conversation with your cousin the other day. We were talking about, uh, she was t- saying that she didn't like a bunch of movies that we didn't like because they were basically just old movies. And we were saying this because you've seen movies. Yeah, Shakespeare are, or um, Seinfeld isn't funny. Yeah, you, yeah. you see, yeah you, you, you've seen stuff that are built on that. The original four, th- three Star Wars movies haven't yet been eclipsed, I don't think, by the next how, however many generations of movies that have sat on top of those and become better and better and better. You can I'll, still go... I don't think you can... I think you there's, can... There's you a know. real reason why. Why? It's because everything that's taken that formula and built on it is cynical. They're all slightly more cynical or very much more or cynical grittier. than Star Wars or grittier or darker. Star Wars stands out in the same way that Superman 1976 stands out. It's it's hopeful. It, when did it, Blade Runner come out? 81? Blade Runner came out in, I think, 81. Yeah. Um, Star same Wars, with that one. Yeah, Star Wars... Lord of the Rings. Is Lord, Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings 2. It's, it's genuinely what it is. It's not Matrix, trying to... Uh, 1999? It's not trying to improve on anything. Yeah. Lucas was taking... it. Surely he was ingesting inspirations from Flash Gordon and from Kurosawa and everything. That movie's built on but plenty of other franchises. It's, it's standing yeah. on the shoulders of giants, but it's still it's still very genuinely itself. It's yeah. not trying to be something else. Yeah. Um, and it's doing it very well. Um, plus, also, if you look back... It, I mean, even without looking back, sure, the, the special effects aren't as great as they could be if it was made today. Yeah, of course. But there's something the, charming about it. It's, yeah. it's like going back and watching Jason and the Argonauts. I mean, you know, Ray I Harryhausen's we, art, art style and his stop motion. We spoke about it before. Like, uh, my favorite version of those movies is... I, I remember I... I you and I, I think, and probably you as well, we we all used to watch them on the, that golden VHS 3 set. The 94 release. 94 release, where it was yeah. like a black box of the VHS thing and the, the Darth yep. Vader's. Yeah, and then, so I went back and I remember watching it when I was in university again. And I didn't have like that those VHS box sets. And I remember it was like, it was way too sharp. 
Yeah. And it was like, oh man, I'm seeing like bottle caps glued to the walls and that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, I recently rewatched um, Last Crusade. Indiana Jones, number the, three. The weakest of the three. That's movies. difficult, but... Um, no, there, it goes. It goes. There's the scene. There's the scene in the library where X marks the spot. Yeah, and um, because of the way that digital looks, you can actually see all of the bookshelves in the background are complete facades. It's just really? like the spines glued to a black yeah. uh, backing. Because you used to be able to take an eight mil camera. Yeah, and then shoot basically anything. It looked kind of cool. Pretty, pretty okay. Yeah, it looked kind of cool. Yeah. Anyway, uh, closing thoughts on the sequel trilogy. That was my thought. Just a huge fucking disappointment. Total waste of beloved characters that should have had... that. It, it was such a just a disappointing misunderstanding and lack of respect for what Star Wars was and fans loved, I think. And now they've... Now you can't go back and do it again. You just can't. The actors are dead or it's already been done or it, it, they can't... They just you just can't go back, and they and they fucked up the one chance to do it, and it came down to you know, <clears throat> honestly, probably not enough studio oversight, not enough producer like executive producer oversight saying okay no we're gonna well we there's not one to... person say again there's not one person there's no Lucas there's Lucas, no Lucas didn't direct two you, out of the three you need a, that, those movies vision. should have been planned with reverence and yeah. they weren't there was zero reverence there was zero uh, holding something up and going this is what we're trying to produce. Maybe there was an, uh, an inkling of that with JJ in the first movie. But then the second movie, Ryan Johnson went, fuck all of this, I'm going to do my own thing. And it's just being stamped with the Star Wars logo. And then eight, uh, nine, sorry, was is JJ going like, oh, I've got to fucking round this out somehow. And JJ's not good at he's never, finishing he's not a closer. anything. Yeah. yeah. So um i'm trying to think of something that i could say that hasn't already been said you know by everyone on youtube for the past three years yeah i think it's kind of a testament to how a lot of billions of dollars and some of the most talented actors and filmmakers can get together and just totally shit the bed it's yeah it's really impressive yeah you're totally right yeah there's a uh there's an interview with Justin Roiland and Dan Harmon from six or seven or eight years ago um, where they talk about why writing narratives doesn't work in the internet era. And their conclusion was that the internet is the infinite monkey theorem. And if you write a narrative that's supposed to have a twist and you take too long to get that to that twist, someone's going to... But somebody's gonna figure it out way faster than you can get to it yeah um and the and they they said that's why they abandoned the like narrative element of rick and morty for seasons two three and four um now i think that they were hoping there, there's an old um i don't know if it's a a, a myth or a folktale or something from World War Two, that said, uh, <clears throat> it was something along the lines of like the the German general said that we couldn't uh, we we never had any chance at besting the or at um, outmaneuvering the Americans because we try to think of their we try to think three steps ahead 
and they haven't even got there yet. They're just making up. As they're they making up as they go. So we have we have no way of you know predicting what they're going to do. It's like and playing poker with someone that doesn't know how to play poker. Exactly, yeah. it's beginner's luck. Yeah. Um, I think that Disney, or at least Lucasfilm, was really banking on that. That if they didn't know what they were doing, they could kind of crowdsource what I everybody else thought and outmaneuver it. I don't think that was um, that because being, there's no there's no other reason to have a franchise that you don't plan out narratively, and, and uh, I don't think it's a smart thing to do. I think that's a huge misstep. I just I don't think that's the reason why. I think they, I don't know. I think they, I think there was a lot of there must have been a lot of hubris. There must have been, um, uh, I, I mean, also, too big to fail. It must have been one thing. One thing I I, I don't know. I must have. I don't know. It, it must have been. I think it's also it's, the wrong it's very confusing because you have you have the uh, what's the name Kennedy Kathleen yeah Kennedy. who's the, the the prodigy who is supposed to be she, given these but rings. she's not a prodigy I mean people keep saying that like the people blame her outright people uh, there's there's a whole bunch of pe- things that people say about Kathleen Kennedy Kathleen Kennedy produced the shit out of Raiders of the Lost Ark and every other Lucas or Spielberg movie since then she's an excellent producer. Mm-hmm. She's not a creative. Yeah. And she didn't choose to come in and take the creative role. Somebody gave her the creative role in Lucasfilm. Yeah. After it was bought by Disney. That was the bad choice to make. Yeah. The the person who put her in charge is the person to blame for all of this. Because she is a fantastic motivator, money mover, manager. She's not a person who writes narratives. She's not a storyteller. She's a story maker. Um... I think that there's a hysteria attached to her name where people try to blame her and tell her, like... Yeah. Or tell tell the world, like, Kathleen Kennedy's the worst. She's fucking stupid. I don't believe that. And I don't think but, that's a fair assessment of it. I think she made a lot had, of... She should also have enough... Experience to delegate properly. Yes. She should have enough... Um, not just experience, but... I mean, their uh, ability to like remove the ego. I, to... uh, the the one <clears throat> thing that confuses me about her career is that if she was put in a creative position in Lucasfilm to make the sequels, yep. she worked with George Lucas for 30 years. She works with Spielberg still. Yep. Why not phone up your good buddy and collaborator and say like, hey, yo, how do I do this? Like, what am, what am I doing here? Can you imagine if uh, Favreau hadn't done any any other star wars stuff and was just brought in to yeah well he was um favreau and filoni were lucas's picks from yeah. the start yeah and, and they threw them up i mean she right that was her decision well because think again from like a purely name brand we need to make star wars make money because disney just paid two or four, four billion, billion dollars, dollars for this. Yep. um think of it from that perspective jj abrams is the best choice because he is a name brand and he can bring people into seats. Yeah. Yeah. And he did it. Yeah. I mean, he did a great yeah, job. And that, that's why I, I think Seven is still fairly good. I, I don't think it's a bad movie. And I think that if you... I think it's a bad... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, if, right. if it, it served the need that was present at the time when it came out. Yeah. I mean, and if you, if you move well, forward well, from yeah. there instead of trying to sidestep it, the the series would have turned out very differently. Maybe, maybe. You want to you want to talk about the other mo- the the rest of the 
new Star Wars stuff or you want to move on to other things? Should we talk about Ray Palpatine? We didn't even talk about that. Oh my god, we didn't even address that. Ray Palpatine? What movie do you fucking (laughs) think we're talking about, man? I have no idea. What are you talking about? Are you fucking... Ray Palpatine is a Palpatine. Yeah, but... Isn't that the the new one that she's going to be? No, 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 no. But there is a new Ray movie. You you watched episode nine, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, So who who was Ray's parents? Something to do with Palpatine? I don't really remember. She went... Right, that's why we said Ray Palpatine, because she's... But that's Palpatine. that's like an but absurd thing they, to they, do. But because they also couldn't figure out like should she be somebody? Shouldn't she be somebody? She should. Well, been, they they figured it out and then unfigured yeah, yeah. it out and Cut. then wait, sorry, that was the wrong twist. Well, yeah. if, 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 if I wrote episode seven and eight, um, it, it, or eight and nine, yeah. if if I were like, give this guy a thing, uh, Ray would have been Kylo Ren's sister. Yeah, he would have been a she would have been a solo. Uh, she would have survived his school shooting because he had a change of heart before he fucking murdered her. Yeah. And she would have essentially been brainwashed and witness protectioned onto Jakku, which is why everybody in that equation knows who she is and feels guilty about her being there, including Kylo Ren. Right. And that's why throughout the movies, he tries to bring her back into the loop. Because he's he still is a sibling. He still is somebody who cares about her. Even though at one point he may have tried to kill her because he was angry at his uncle. That would have been the most satisfying way to play her. Way more satisfying than like, oh yeah, Palpatine cloned himself and then his clone got jiggy with some slave girl. Yeah. And then left and died. Yeah. I mean, her, her being a nobody was a good twist and could have been good. I do think... Your idea was better because you're right. In episode seven, you know, people do care about her and act like she's important, even though there's no reason. There's no reason in episode seven for that to be the case, and it, it there still isn't really any reason, right? Because like the they didn't know she was a Palpatine, did she? No, there there was not only was there no way for them to have known. There's no way for them to care. Those characters, Han Solo has zero interaction with Palpatine and zero familial history with Palpatine. Yeah. He doesn't even yeah. know the guy's name. He may hear in passing at one point like Emperor Palpatine, but that that's not a thing that he cares about. So why why would he feel guilty about that? Um, Maz Kanata, for all intents and purposes, is just a cantina owner who hangs out with Han Solo a lot. So that's her point of reference for that information. Uh fucking kylo ren doesn't know palpatine's still alive and never and like his whole thing was that he was really severely misguided about what the sith were so he wouldn't have felt bad about or even known that given the information that ray is palpatine's kid he wouldn't have been like trying angry at her for picking up the lightsaber he'd be like fuck yeah let's go you're on my team Mm. um so you know retroactively it, it makes no sense either yeah, and how did, how was Ray in hiding again? Like, how is it possible? So, you know, somehow Palpatine returned, right? We don't get any explanation. Fortnite. Right. <laughs> Fortnite, cheeseburger, number 15. Yeah. For, for yeah. No, no explanation. Yeah. So, somehow Palpatine's returned. But... Like, wh- why? 
how so is she in hiding who um, who like because because luke had obi-wan right obi-wan put him in hiding yeah. his his Lar, the owens Lars, the, the Lars homestead they yeah. knew that he was important and he was yeah. vader who knew that Rey was a Palpatine and who was protecting her? No one, because Palpatine's son and his wife got murked after, or gunned down after they left her with Unkar Plutt. Okay. Um, but they never told Unkar Plutt. They just sold Unkar uh, Plutt the girl and said, okay. take care of her. Which is, the again, the puzzling thing about Laura Santeca, who's played by Max von Sydow. Max von Sydow, the guy from fucking uh, The Exorcist. He plays Lars Santeca at the beginning of episode 7. He should have been that, like, Obi-Wan watching from far, keeping her safe. Right. Um, we never find out if he was, we, because he we, does, I mean, which not is o- fine. Not only do we not find out if he was, he's such a, like, a footnote in the story that it's weird for him to even have existed. He could have just been any other villager. He didn't have to have... Him having history with Kylo Ren is very odd. You know? Um, yeah, it makes the opening scene more dramatic, and then he dies, whatever. Yeah, but it's... Again, it's just like... It's such a what-the-fuck-were-you-thinking moment. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's not good. Yeah, so Ray Palpatine, uh, just hilarious blunder. Terrible choice. Yeah, it's it's bad narratively, and it also doesn't make sense within the plot of the movie. Yeah, and the 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 previous movies, looking back, knowing that information, there's no, it's not like there's no foreshadowing, and the foreshadowing that is there doesn't support that. Um, which is just fucking, it's lame. Um, do you wish they went with the EU stories instead? Which stories? Ex- the the original expanded universe. Hmm. Uh, then they, uh, but, but then we would know everything, yeah. right? Like, yeah, it's just... but uh, I mean, I I wish they kind of did more of a permutation of it with like, I don't think they needed Jason, Jaina, and Anakin, but if Kylo Ren and Rey kind of played on Jason and Jaina's relationship more, I think it would have been much more interesting. I don't know. Yeah. It seemed like it could have been a slam dunk, but because yeah. um, everyone loves Star Wars and every, you know, it, well, it's about family. You know? Episode seven wasn't like smartly written or particularly no, but it was brilliant. Fun. It was fun. It was, and fun. It was, it was a it, fun Star Wars. It was movie. what people wanted too. Mm, yeah, yeah, it was what people Dude, wanted. Like, I, I think everybody looks at the prequels with rose tinted glasses now because the sequels were so fucking bad. I always like the I, I but, always like the people because that's because I grew up. Yeah, but I remember going to see them. In but the you also cinemas. there was also there, widespread there thing have been that prequels, like though. What's yeah. that? There just never should have done it because yeah. like you start episode four. I was listening to Sam Witwer. Who? Sam Witwer. He's he does a lot of the the animated stuff. He's like yeah. Maul, uh, Palpatine. He was in The Force Awakens as Starkiller. Huge Star Wars fan and does a bunch of voices. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about how in episode four, it just right off the bat overloads you with information about like, oh, there's the Jedi and the Clone, the Clone Wars, Clone Wars and Obi-Wan was a general or something and knows this princess who is like getting captured by this robot guy. On Alderaan, which is an important planet that you never see. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it doesn't feel like it because the writing is so natural 
that you just you just soak it in subconsciously while you're focusing on the plot. And well, the because also it works on such a subconscious level. I mean, it it what's his name? And Lucas was a huge study. He he was a scholar of you know Jungian psychology and uh, or Jungian psychology and of Campbell's and, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. and of Campbell's like hero with a thousand faces and these are he's using archetypes and very very common ideas to build the foundation of the story which is why none of that feels out of place or none of it feels overwhelming well to to finish my point yeah it all it all you soak it all in subconsciously and then when you make a prequel trilogy you can't avoid bringing it out of the subconscious even though the context for the original trilogy works better, I feel like, so right, when yeah. it's subconscious. Yeah. Right? Because you never, you never really find out what the Jedi are, because they're like this old thing that there was in the Old Republic, and yeah. they're, but they're gone now. They were hunted out. And I feel like letting the audience have their own... It, 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 lets, it lets the film play off the, the imagination of whoever's watching it and it sort of becomes the best representation of whatever it should be well it becomes mm. mythological you can build from that point onwards <clears> but going back in time like if you if it, imagine getting like a jaws origin movie like the jaws is a baby shark and he sees his mother get killed by uh, by fucking fishermen and he swears I, revenge like it, it's I not found out something were... you want to watch that shark comes out of nowhere and it wreaks havoc and then it leaves so i only i only found out that the there were sequels to Jaws today or yesterday and um, I was reading about it isn't it? one of them I think is like it's supposed to be Jaws' son comes back for revenge that's Jaws 2 that's, that's Jaws, Jaws 2 the revenge <laughs> have you seen them? yeah are they good? Jaws 4 is fucking wild <laughs> Jaws 4 the shark has like a preternatural sense to for like this one family that it's targeting right they literally move to Florida at one point the, in the movie, the shark, and the shark is just like there before the plane just lands. Sniffs them out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's it's absurd. Um, the shark is psychic. Yeah. Um, but so, do you, do you want to talk about the, the the expanded universe at all or not? You want to just do the seven, eight, and nine? You want to do any comments on the, the TV shows, the, the, the m- extra movies? It's strange that they would purposefully say we're not going to do the extended universe i think they, they explicitly yeah, said they, they threw out we're going to do old a canon. star wars movie every single year well no they, they threw out the uh, the expanded universe and said we're not going to do that and then made a story that was completely incoherent and didn't make any honest. sense because <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they i'm not saying that they had to one-to-one adapt the expanded universe but there's they could have one-to-one yeah, adapted the expanded they, universe and not lost any revenue because basically no one's read it yeah and the people that have read it still want to go and see the movies yeah, to be fair like if you told me they were doing a use on vong movie i would not want to fucking watch that saga you that, still that, go. That you shit, still watch no, it. that that shit. But they're sucks. doing a Sokatano TV show. Yeah. <clears throat> Please uh. clap for the name you recognize, yeah. fan. I I'm slightly okay with it, um, mostly because Ahsoka's played by Rosario Dawson, who's like an inspired casting choice for her. Yeah, she's great. Um, not just great, like she physically resembles Ahsoka. I thought she was uh, the voice actress. No, well, no, right? the, no, the voice actress is Ashley, Ashley Eckstein. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, she she's a very sweet woman. And she's also like this tall, um, but yeah, 
The Ahsoka show has her and Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Sarah Dawson takes some great roles, by the way. Yeah, she, she's got a great agent, too. Yeah. She, she's very selective. Um, but, the, I mean, she watched Archer. Best, best, role in, uh, best role for Rosaria Dawson. Uh, I'm probably Lana in Archer. Wrong. Clerks, too. And she's not Lana. That, that's Aisha Tyler. Who the fuck am I thinking of, then? Different thing. Aisha Tyler. Alright, never mind. Yeah. Rosario Dawson's awesome and she looks exactly like Ahsoka. Um what's her name is playing uh Mary Elizabeth Winstead is playing uh Hera Sindula. Um Hera's the green Twi'lek lady from Rebels. Mary oh. Elizabeth Winstead is Ramona Flowers from Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Uh which I'm very happy about because she's also an excellent actress. Um I I don't know. I'm not against that show. I just think that TV shows are just kind of shitty and cheap right now. And uh, I haven't really been wowed by anything. I watched the first episode of um, The Last of Us, which everybody was jacking off. Who was jacking uh, it off? And wait, look out that window. Alex, open the back door. Yeah. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. um, It... I just haven't been impressed, really impressed by a TV show. I think Andor was the last one for me. I okay, I'm like two episodes in. We're we're well past. Like you can stop listening now. We're we're <laughs> nothing funny or interesting is going to be said. We're just chatting at this. Yeah, point. Yeah, this is just going to be the. I have not watched hour. a lot of Andor so far. It seems not super interesting. Like I don't really care. I like I like the Imperial Brown Nose like corporate guy. Oh, he's he's so cool. Good. Yeah. He's like a good character, uh-huh. and then he has that like sergeant that works for him, who's clearly much better at his job, even though he's like below him in the managerial hierarchy. So that's cool. Um, but yeah, I just don't really care about that show. Uh, what, the only reason uh, I'm how, liking how, it is because you are constantly telling me how Morgan, good it is. How many episodes have you got him? Three, I think. I would say watch the next three episodes in in one shot. Like clear out a couple hours of your time. Watch that. that, yeah, that that's not gonna happen. We're gonna. Uh, we sh- we should. Uh, we we should just wrap this up then. Uh, All right. I was gonna talk about. I was gonna ask you about your thoughts on AI actually, because you're in software. And uh, sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm in software, so obviously I know about AI, right? 